Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Colander about his unique, personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also discuss the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, welcome back to another one of your great and informative shows. You talk a lot about prevention of disease and you talk a lot about chronic disease, chronic systemic disease, how to avoid it. And my question to you is, how much of it is genetic? Well, Anne-Marie, that's a great question to start. And everyone thinks that genetics play a tremendous role in their future and in their health future. And the reality is that genetics is modifiable. And so that's something that I don't think people recognize is that you can modify a genetic predisposition to having an event, which is, you know, really a groundbreaking thought. So the genes themselves are not modifiable. The chemistry is not modifiable, but it's the w how you handle it and how you live your life and what you put into your body. I'm I'm suspecting exactly. Mm -hmm. So the what you're what you were suggesting is that environment dictates how the gene manifests itself. So a gene is coding for an outcome, say a protein or a physical manifestation. And the environment has a huge impact on how that gene manifests its outcome. So if your body's in a good environment, well, then you'll have a good outcome of what that gene is supposed to be coding for. And if you're in a bad environment, then you'll have the opposite. You're likely going to have a bad outcome for what that gene might be coding for. Okay, I want to define environment, but before we go there, I want to ask you this. Most people who have parents or a parent that has had cancer, Alzheimer's, cardiac disease, uh, people whose siblings or aunts, uncles, and parents are, have maybe some of them have died of cardiac disease, they're probably wandering around thinking, I'm either going to inherit it or not. And when you talk about environment and modifying environment, what does that mean? Where we live, what we eat, or how we live? What does it mean? It's all of it. It's mostly what you're eating the air you're breathing, um, exercise, sleep, all of those things are involved in environment. So, Well, we um, can't get away from the air we're breathing here. Well, 
I mean, there are, it can be changed. Like during COVID, when manufacturing was down, the air quality improved in certain areas of the world by like 85%. Well, sure. And right. so we're not necessarily recommending that, you know, we're not in an environmental show, we're a medical show, but um, it is possible to change. So just like our body, our body wants to heal and it's good at healing. The world wants to heal, you know, so when an air quality of a, of a region in the world improves when manufacturing stops, again, because of COVID, people weren't going to work last year. Well, things heal. So you just got to let it happen. So the outside environment, now when you're talking about environment and you're talking about eating, food, exercise, how does anybody know um, if they don't know what they're supposed to be eating or how do they find out what they, what they need to do in order to improve their, their status? Well, we always talk on the show about identifying disease. And so the first thing to know is, do you have the disease that you're trying to modify? And in our world, the preventable disease that no one realizes as actually preventable is heart disease, that we can reverse plaque or heal plaque so it doesn't get worse and it doesn't cause a catastrophic event. So the idea that these events and the outcomes are preventable requires identifying the disease. So I think that's the most important step. And the other thing that people need to recognize, and I'm going to come back to it, is the fact that you have a family history of out bad outcomes does not mean that you are fated to that outcome. Even though there's a strong genetic component, it doesn't mean that you have to follow that course. It starts with identifying disease. And, and talking about heart disease, which is obviously the most prevalent and one of, outside of cancer, the most feared diseases that we are all like wondering if we're living under the sword. Um, if people have heart disease in their family, at what stage do they really need to take a look at whether or not they're making plaque and whether or not they're predisposed to the disease? Because you can't wait till you get it. Well, it, anywhere in your life. So we started age 30. But literally anywhere in your life, whatever experiences you've ever had, it's a good time to start because that's our starting point, wherever it is. So even if you've had a heart attack, you're at a higher risk of having another one. So let's identify where you are so that we have a starting point to compare to after we apply an optimal medical program. If you had a stroke, same thing. Find out where you are so we can apply our approach and have the right type of information to follow our progress or lack thereof, which means we've got to dig deeper. So the starting point then obviously is the starting with the testing. The testing that we do is objective, meaning it's not up for, you know, uh, it's not up for discussion what the results are. And that's really what we need to do to follow. So there's data that exists to that point. All right, let's come back and talk more about what testing you need to get after the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you should be engaging with the concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. 
I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Collender directly at 866-COLLENDER. Dr. Collender, give us an example of the typical patient who doesn't even know that he's walking around with a time bomb inside. Well, first, Amory, I'm going to say there are no typical patients. Everybody's different. They all have their own profiles. They all have their own chemistries and results. And everybody has their own puzzle for me to figure out how to stop them from having an, an event like a heart attack or stroke, how to stop them from needing surgery in the future, um, like a bypass or a stent or a carotid arter and arterectomy. So we want to stop those events. So everybody's different. And this is a patient I've been referencing for weeks. We've been talking about this in reference to you cannot assume your health. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, you know, I also call don't make an ass out of yourself. Right. You know, so this is one is, of your patients. Right. And mm-hmm. we, if, you're, if you're a regular listener, I've kind of been referring to this person for a while. So this is a, you know, 50, mid-50s, um, you know, white-collar worker who um, takes his health extremely seriously. He eats very healthy. He exercises vigorously all the time his only vice might be that he doesn't give himself enough time to sleep but that's really it and I do labs he's been with me a long time so some of the testing that we talk about as being vital I've only brought into my practice in the last three years so he's been with me longer than that and we were relying on blood tests to identify disease up to this point or CT calcium scores So he has a normal CT calcium score, and his labs that measure artery activity, artery inflammation are just rock-solid perfect. And, you know, I'm kind of biasing him, and I'm telling him you're my healthiest patient. So when we start doing CIMT results, CIMT testing in our office, he took a little while to do it because his thought was, why should I do this? All my labs and everything you've told me is perfect. So when we finally tested him, he had a significant amount of plaque. I mean, he was very disappointed to learn that he had plaque. Now, when you say tested, what you'd already done blood tests. He'd already had the CT, cardiac calcium scoring test. Everything looked good. He'd been your patient for a while. At what point did you jump into a deeper intervention? Well, we started doing carotid intima media thickness testing, or CIMT, in our office about three years ago. And I will say that's a turning point in our prevention program because CIMTs identify your risk of having an event. And it also provides data for us to follow our progress of the program. The program is optimizing your health, optimizing our medical management to reduce the risk And that risk can be measured, again, objectively by measuring the thickness of the layers of your artery wall in your neck. So this was a deeper look, a more, it wasn't an invasive test, but it was a test that let you see 
a lot more of what's going on in the arteries and the test is not um, available everywhere. So a lot of people wouldn't know about it. And I'm sure cardiologists for the most part aren't giving it. No, because cardiologists are not trained to stop you from needing surgery. And it's no knock on them. Well, maybe you're going to argue that it should yes, be. Yes, it is. It's a sad commentary. It, well, our whole healthcare system is an utter disaster. It's only designed to identify critical disease. Once or, you've got it. Right. Or, or organ failure. When mm. your organ's dying. So our healthcare system, in terms of cardiovascular prevention, is built around doing an operation to take down a blockage where you have no blood flow. Well, in my world, if we're identifying the possibility that you're making plaque, well, we can stop it where it is and never need a procedure or surgery. And in the process, we're also preventing a lot of other diseases that you may think of as inevitable or untouchable. So coming back to this patient who was the ideal and thought he was an ideal health, you did the CIMT, and what did you find? He's in his mid-50s. What did you find? Well, I'm going to just emphasize ideal health. So this person has no traditional risk factors. Mm -hmm. You know, so he looks healthy, so there's a bias. So let's say he's not seeing me, and he goes to a doctor, and I'm describing, a, a, you know, a 55, 56-year-old, you know, man who's, you know, thin, you know, maybe 175 pounds, no body fat, um, low blood pressure, never smoked. His cholesterol is perfect. When I mean perfect, I mean no one would think about giving him a medicine for his cholesterol. His blood sugar's rock solid normal and no family history of heart disease. So really zero risk factors and no cardiologist in their right mind would look at this person and say, you need to be put on a cholesterol medicine because you're at high risk. He probably never would have been referred to a cardiologist in the first place if he looked good to your average internal medicine doctor. And he looked good to me. And he looked good also, to you. Also, for years until I finally talked him into doing the CIMT because by then I realized I can't trust the labs. Right. So even though I use these labs well, they're not to guide, <laughs> they're not foolproof. I use them to guide my therapy, but they cannot be used to diagnose or identify disease. And so what did you find out? You did the test on him, and what did you find out? He's, he, he's got a lot of plaque. He had percentage blockage doesn't matter, you know, because we're hardly seeing people who have plaque that requires intervention. But the fact that he had plaque at all, you know, all right, I'll throw numbers out there because that's what people know. They, you know, let's say he had 40 to 50% plaque, which is a real number. And for this guy who's busting his butt every day to stay healthy, he was devastated to see that he had plaque. And it's like, what do I got to do? That would be shocking to you too as the doctor. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to say I'm not different. Mm -hmm. I know that I have some plaque. Yes. And I have normal blood pressure. I have phenomenal natural cholesterol. I don't mm -hmm. smoke and never did. I exercise not as much as this guy, but I work out pretty hard. I could eat a little. Well, I'm going to say in the course of my life, I could have eaten better. Now I'm pretty good at eating healthy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got stress, and so does he. Right. So in terms of modifiable risk factors, 
you know, both of us only have stress. But he probably has more plaque. Well, I know that he has more plaque than I do. And it's a shock. So had you not intervened with this test, what would have progressed and where would he have wound up? Would he have wound up as a serious cardiac patient? Could he have died? He probably would have ended up having a bypass at some point, but had, you know, it depends on the circumstance. Well, that's and, scary enough, though. Right. Who, I mean, who needs it? Who, Nobody looks forward to right, a bypass. No, no, no one says, you know, I want to change, you know, what you just said. No one looks forward to a bypass. A lot of people think that, oh, I'll just get a stent. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. I'll, you know, one of my favorite lines that I like to take from, you know, one of the incompetent cardiologists that I know was, you know, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and this is a story I also tell all the time where, you know, one of my first patients in my concierge practice who had an event or needed bypass, you know, I was still too soon in the, in the process to really understand what I was doing, but I did recognize ahead of his cardiologist that he needed something and... Um, after he ended up having bypass, his cardiologist said, mission accomplished. My gosh. Like, that's not your mission. Your mission well, is to not let that happen. Yeah, not uh, they're not avoiding the disease. They just saved him from dying at that time. But let's come back and follow up on this, on this patient and what happened on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. If you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you should be engaging with a concierge practice, Please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you only to call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. And Dr. Colander, I do want to tell listeners that um, they hear the, the Sunday show. This is airing on Sunday at 3 o'clock that you do have a weekly show, 7 o'clock on Thursdays. And anybody who's listening to the show that's airing on Sunday should also know that they can call you directly. It's a live show on Thursday between 7 and 8 p.m. Every Thursday you can talk to Dr. Collender directly with your questions. Come back and tell us a little bit more about this patient's journey. Well, great, thanks. So let's kind of get to the punchline here, which is, You've got a super healthy appearing guy who eats healthier than all of us, who exercises more than all of us, who has no family history, never smoked, and, and um, finds out that he has plaque. And the question is, now what? And it's up to me to find out what's driving his disease. And so we start looking at genetics. And instead of the idea being, well, if there's a genetic aberration, then, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. It's not true. When you know that you are predisposed to an outcome, then you have the knowledge that you may have to do things a little differently, number one. And number two, we've got to make sure that we're treating every other possible 
driver of disease. So to my cardiology associate who told my you know, patient, you know, mission accomplished after his bypass surgery, he doesn't know where to go. You know, mm-hmm. to him, here's your cholesterol pill and your blood pressure pill and I'm done. Whatever mm-hmm. else happens, I get to do a stent or my, co- you know, my surgeon does a bypass and then I'm a hero. Mm-hmm. In my world, again, there's about 20 different things we look at. So, you know, we, and we've talked about insulin resistance all forever, but let's talk about, so we, one of the things we look at is genetics. Mm-hmm. So we did a genetic marker on him called 9P21. So this is a genetic marker, and a lot of these are called SNPs, um, single nucleotide polymorphisms. And what that means is, it's a genetic marker with one mutation. You know, it's not like multiple mutations. It's one mutation change that has an impact that you can measure commonly across people. So this is a genetic marker indicating anywhere from 1.5 to two times the risk of having heart disease above the standard population that doesn't have this. So when we know this about this person, it's like, okay, now we've really got to find every other thing. So what do I look at? Well, wait, I just want to clarify this because as you're talking and I'm listening, I'm wondering what the listeners are understanding about this um, single nucleotide polymorphism test. Is that a blood test? Is that it's a marker? It's a blood that, test. And is it found in the blood test that we're getting ordinarily in our yearly physicals or is this something that's extraordinary? I mean, a stupid question, right? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the listeners need to know you're, because they expect that they're, you're, you're going to find disease. Well, you know, of course this is not done in the world where everyone is a widget, you know, on the factory line, walking through their doctor's office, getting the same test. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 99% of the listeners have never heard about this test. I don't talk about it very much. There is another genetic test that we should talk about before the show's over, but we've never really talked about this one because this is what this guy had. So how prolific is it that patients who may look like they are genetically predisposed to cardiac disease, how, how many doctors are looking at this test, ordering this test? And it is a common blood test, so it's easy to no, take. Well, it's not a common, right, getting it's easy blood to is get it common. To with, right, exactly. It's actually not easy to get it. Not that many labs do it. Uh, and so we use special, for all of our blood work, we use specialty labs that are geared, you know, geared toward cardiovascular assessment, and that's where we send our blood work. It's, I mean, we don't send it to, you know, Ascension, Beaumont, you know, right. DMC. They're, they're part of the machine of which you are all cogs. Mm-hmm. So that's not my world. So people would fall through the system. Everybody's falling through the system. Right. I mean, if this guy's falling through the system, you're all falling through the system. Even when it's obvious, oh, I'm diabetic and I've got high blood pressure and, you know, my dad died at 40, you know, and you're still not doing anything special mm-hmm. to stop the obvious. And this is why we still have 650,000 people dying annually in this country of heart attack without uh, any coming back or turning back from that. And it's not going to change because all of the healthcare system makes money when you're sick. 
And if we don't, you know, if we're stopping you from being sick, guess what? The system goes broke. You're healthy and you're prospering because you love your life and you're working and you're productive, but the system around you is going to collapse. The pharmaceutical company, the FDAs, the hospitals, the insurance companies, you know, I mean, Blue Cross will be happy. Sure. They should. I mean, well, that's all. We've done that show. <laughs> we, you so, can never say it enough. Right. So, you know, they, they are still not invested in your prevention because a lot of diseases, if they're not managed aggressively enough, will manifest when you are older and not under their uh, responsibility. So they don't need to invest in your long-term health because Medicare is going to pay for it when you get old enough. And when you get sick enough. And sick enough, exactly. So it's important to identify the risk, even if it's genetic, so that we can take action. I would say it's more important to find the doctor that can identify the risk. I think the problem is with the population out there is that no one is doing the type of digging you're doing or the specialty labs that you're doing or has the technology that you have because you're one of the few people in the country that specializes in prevention. What are the rest of the people to do that are walking around with the sword over their head? Waiting to get well, worse, waiting to get a disease. I have partners. Well, yes, I understand. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's really, really difficult for the average right. person well, to understand all you know, this. And and the the real kicker is it's just not that hard. I, you know, it just it requires it's hard to do because it's so outside the boundaries of what standard care involves, but you know, it's not, at the end of the day, it's not that hard to do. You just have to put yourself in a position to do that. And that's what's the problem with the system is doctors are locked in again, but they put themselves in a position to be locked in. They don't know any better. And here you are as a diagnostician and a preventative specialist, and you have this patient that you had for some time before you took a nosedive into going deeper and taking a deeper look and and I had to convince him to do it and frankly right. the only reason he did is because his sister did it and she had plaque oh my and if she didn't have plaque he wouldn't have done it mm -hmm. so you know what am I doing you well, know what happened with him tell well, me that's what happened next. with him what's next is we did an evaluation of his oral health me the internal medicine doctor who's not the dentist did a genetic evaluation of the bacteria in his mouth, looking for bacteria that correlates to vascular disease, and that exists. So he's going to take that genetic blueprint of his mouth of the disease of the bacteria that relates to dementia, relates to heart disease, and hopefully I'll have a partner in his dentist to help clear that up and reduce whatever risk to an event that is having. Who would think that an internal medicine physician would be looking in somebody's oral cavity when most of the time it's the dentists that do that, and not all of them are looking for this type of, you know, disease process? No, and it's hard to find the right dentist, you know, to help me be a, you know, be a partner with me. All right, let's come back and talk more about this on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic, or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice, which focuses on prevention and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also explain to us about the simple tests that are available and necessary which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Collender directly at 866-COLLENDER. Please also note that Dr. Collender has a live show every Thursday between 7 and 8 p.m. in the evening, and we invite listeners to call in and talk to the doctor directly. Dr. Collender, come back and tell us a little bit more about where, what patients really ought to do. Well, patient, because they're all lost, right? It no, seems. they're they're all you're all lost because no one is trying to stop you from having a heart attack or stroke or dementia. Nobody, and you just can't assume anything when seemingly healthy people, by all measures of current standards, are still making plaque. So right. it's very important to look at genetics again. It helps to look when you know what their disease is mm -hmm. um, and then it's in context. But even if it's not, and you do genetic markers like the 9P21 and identify your risk. Um, so when you have one of these tests, you have choices while you're making decisions about your life. Oh, should I exercise today? Maybe I should. I'm 9P21 positive. Should I have pizza or kale? I guess I'm getting kale because I'm 9P21 positive. So all of these are decisions you can make every day because you know that you're at risk. But this 9P21 test that is done to identify the, the genetic markers that the person may or may not have that puts them at risk, I mean, how many doctors out there are doing this test? Very few. Right, exactly. Very, very Even very I would few. imagine the cardiologists aren't doing it. No, they they barely know what to do anything. I mean, I mean, well, true. I, I mean, come on. So even a neurologist, you know, there's genetic markers for Alzheimer's. They all think that Alzheimer's is, is genetic and there's nothing you can do about it. You get it or you don't. And that's a very defeated uh, piece, you know, outlook yeah, where, attitude, uh -huh. and you just don't do anything about, you know, if you start early before you have dementia and do all of these things, your chances of having dementia are diminished. All right. Let me, let me just jump in here. So basically you're doing highly specialized tests, which are not difficult to do. Simple blood tests, the CIMT is a simple test. You're doing digging that no one else is doing because this is your specialty, finding out whether people are at risk, patients are at risk for whatever the disease is. Let's come back to the patient that was uh, the example we started off with. He's 55, thinks he's doing great, looks great, healthy, eats well, exercises, and then suddenly you find out he has plaque. Does he have a chance of recovering? Is there a oh. road backwards? What do we do with him? Oh, he's a 100% chance. I mean, I, have, I totally expect, fully expect that zero of my patients will have a heart attack or stroke. And zero of my patients will, you know, require a bypass. I mean, it's happened, but that's just because I'm getting people coming to me further down the road. Too late, right. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's too late. They didn't die. Mm -hmm. They didn't lose heart muscle. Um, and they're still on a path to stopping them from having any other type of procedure. Or they're just, you know, so 
it's, it's a, really a question about finding all of the drivers. You know, so now we're looking for things I would have never looked for him before. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the oral testing, having him get a sleep study, um, you know, and acting on them. So, you know, we'll, we'll, do, we'll apply an additional layer of prevention to him. And then guess what? Repeat his IMT, his CIMT in a year and follow our progress. If it's getting better, we're on the right path. Okay, I want to jump in here. A lot of our listeners who also listen to your Thursday evening show at 7 p.m. every Thursday, which is live, and they can call in. We hear a lot of callers talk about the fact that they're under the care of a cardiologist. They're maybe seeing three different doctors, their internal medicine, primary care, endocrinologist, cardiologist. My question for you is, since people are out there without hope, and they are so lost, and we know that they're lost but just by the sheer number of calls we get nationally and internationally. I would like to know this. If somebody has had, let's say they've had to go for a stent or they've had a cardiac incident and they're in, under the care of their cardiologist, is it possible to join your type of preventative practice and start turning it back so that they can start to heal, get better, and not wind up being even more catastrophic? Of course, that happens all the time. So a lot of people find us after they've had a stent or something, you know, even if it's a few years ago and they don't feel like they're in any danger because they're being told they're fine, even though there's nothing about what they're being told by their cardiologist to justify the conclusion that they're okay. They're being lulled to sleep. Well, I've come across people who have said that they have a stent or they've had a stent or they've had several stents and they're walking around and I think they're under the false impression that they're okay. You mission yourself, a, mission accomplished. I know, but you yourself has, have also pointed out, what about all the other arteries <laughs> that right. may need stented? There's, so they're not home free. No, of course not. But no one realizes, and the obvious is that these, this is a systemic problem. This is happening to every artery in your body. And guess what? Your arteries feed all of your organs. Right. So all of your organs are having trouble and they're starving. But no one, pay, you know, the, the cardiologist might go and stent a half inch of 60,000 miles. Great job. I mean, it's kind of overwhelming for the average person to even understand that. I think they put way too much faith in the system and way too much faith in the cardiologist and in their doctor. And How they need could to, they know better? Well, they, they need know, to they stop having know. that amount of faith. Before we go, we have a couple minutes left, and I just want to make sure that we talk about LPA, which is another genetic test we've talked about before on the show, which is a lipoprotein A. So this is a more common genetic marker. Again, a blood test? It's a, these are all blood tests, and okay. this is a blood test that identifies a 30% increased risk above the normal population. And this is a, a blood test that's positive in about 30% of, of the people of the population, which is everybody. So that means a third of you have an elevated LPA, and there's a workaround for that. So maybe you take vitamin B3, or there are some uh, drugs now that are pharmaceutical that help lower LPA levels in people that have it. So Is everyone getting that test, by the oh, way? Oh, no, you know they're not. Well, I mean, I, I thought maybe that was part of the standard and profile. Even, and even if they are, the doctor doesn't know what to do with it. Okay, but you they're know, probably they're not just, getting the test, probably. No, once in a while, I come across someone who got the LPA. I'm like, well, what did your doctor do about it? They said nothing. Keep an eye I on mean, it. Yeah, keep an eye on it. Don't worry. It'll. I'll check it next year. Hopefully you don't die before I get to operate on you. So 
you need to know about the LPA, which is actionable. It's not just, oh, I got to work harder and look deeper and figure out other things that my doctor doesn't know what to do. But this is actionable. You could either take a vitamin B3 or if you're a candidate for a drug like Repatha, which is a PCSK9 inhibitor, um, anyway, that's a whole other show. This is a lot of medical yeah, information for, for the average to listener to uh Well, we talk about genetics. We gotta, we gotta, I owe them another one more genetic test. Well, what, what we ought to say is that for all the people that are listening to the show Sunday, this show, we're welcoming you all to call in on Thursday at 7 o'clock. And if you're mystified about the test or want to know more or you have an issue, then please feel free to call Dr. Collender directly. Thursday between 7 and 8. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack and stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease know that it is never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope that you enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. And thank you for listening.